Welcome to Liberty Monks Podcast. James Mundy here with Mike Mundy. What is up today, Brother Mike? I am doing fantastic, sir. How are you doing? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. And I'm extremely honored and excited to uh, introduce our guest for this evening. Um, uh, Tiffany Justice is the co-founder of the organization Moms for Liberty. And if, if, you, uh, if anybody out there has not looked into Moms for Liberty, I encourage you to do so. They are trailblazers right now. And um, great like-minded pro-liberty Americans, they're fighting for the survival of America to educate and empower parents to defend their, their parental rights, which are clearly under attack in this world right now. This is a war against children. And when we all have to see that and parents are, are standing up for their kids uh, and Tiffany and her organization are trailblazers, like I said, in that arena um, for parental rights. And, and Tiffany, you are also a, a mom of four and you were also a member of a school board at one point. Um, and I think, obviously, uh, we're, we're going to get into all of that with you tonight. And I just want to welcome you to Liberty Monks and thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. We're excited to have you and excited to get to know uh, the mission that you are, you know, like I said, that you've started and, and what it is that you're trying to do and what you are doing. And more importantly, what successes you've had and, and what you can do to empower other people to do similar things that you're doing. So, um, you, like I said, you, you've been involved in child education um, from being a, a mom of four and serving on your local school board. What was the triggering event for you to decide to start Moms for Liberty? So I was serving on school board. You're right. I unpacked a lot of backpacks. I've got four kids, <laughs> 16, 13, uh, 12, and 10. And um, my youngest at that point was a year away from kindergarten when I ran for school board. And I served on school board hoping to be able to impact their education in a positive way um, and felt qualified as a mom to do that, right? And, and I had always been involved in my kids' education. So ran for school board. And then um, as Tina, the co-founder of Moms for Liberty, and I like to say, we saw behind the education curtain and it was not pretty. Uh, what we saw was the fact that the system of education really protects the system and that there is a true imbalance of power uh, where parents really are left. Um, oftentimes it's when something bad happens, something that's concerning that happens when they realize that they really have no voice in directing their children's education. And at that point, um, you're in a moment of crisis, right? You've got an upset parent, you have a child who's being adversely affected, and you have a district who is now uh, going to do everything they can to try to cover their behinds. Um, and as a school board member, that was not fun to see. And as a mom, it was heartbreaking. So, so you've taken it, you, you, you and your partner, Tina, have taken it upon yourselves to start an organization that really is and again, advocacy for parental rights and and starting to level the playing field, right? Uh, with with education in general, we've seen a rise up of parents. I think across the country, uh, and I've talked to numerous guests about this on the show. Mike and I have, um, you know, going to school board meetings. Uh, some infamously on social media, they're fighting against these tyrannical rules and everything. Um, is this, are these are the results that you were hoping to have when you started Moms for Liberty? Is, is that really what you were hoping to see as a ground up effort for people to get involved like they are? And I guess how, how do they continue to pro progress, I guess, towards this uh, evolution? Oh, 
I apologize. No, I'll bring you. I'll bring you back um, to March 13th of 2020 when uh, schools were shut down in Florida and and, and across the country we saw lockdowns. Mm-hmm. And um, at that moment, as a school board member, I was like, "Whoa, it's kind of a big deal, right? The world is screeching to a halt." And now, right before a week before spring break in Florida, we are closing down schools with no idea of when they're going to reopen. Um, and I got to see firsthand in my own home um, and also got to experience through with other parents around the country uh, this window into our children's education that we had never really had before. Um, I think I thought I knew, but maybe I had no idea. And uh, so we got to see some of the learning or the lack thereof that was happening. There was no accountability for teaching. There was no accountability for learning. Um, Students were passing without actually even logging on to do any work and um, just became very concerned, started to see the COVID restrictions come in um, as we were looking at reopening schools uh, for the uh, 2020-2021 school year. And in Florida, they said, we're gonna, you know, Richard Corcoran, Ron DeSantis, the governor said, schools are going to reopen. And the teachers union in Florida said, no, they are not. And we are going to sue you to keep them closed. And uh, so there was a bit of a battle there. Um, And uh, we, the, but we have, we ended up being able to open schools and I fought very hard for that. And I started to really get a lot of pushback from a lot of different people, but really teachers and the teachers unions was surprising to me, right? Because you would think we're all in this for the kids. We want to reopen schools. That was not the case. I got emails that were funeral receipts and that the blood of people's, the blood was on my hands for reopening schools. And so just saw, okay, this is pretty serious, right? There, there's going to be real pushback here on reopening schools, but I stayed focused because I believe that was what was best for kids and uh, started to see parents coming to the school board and uh, they'd be one at a time, two at a time, but they were coming and they were saying, we're concerned, right? Schools reopened. We're concerned about the masking. Um, and for the first time I saw that the school district outright was looking at parents and saying, yeah, well, we hear you, but you know, we can't really, that's not really a big deal to us, right? Like we're not that concerned. And so I kept looking at everyone saying, wait a second, we have parents who are coming, they're taking time out of their day, they're sharing with us that they're seeing real hindrances to the learning, their children's attitude, right? These subclinical harms, the, the things that parents see that haven't risen to the level of needing medical intervention, but the stuff as parents we know, right? You see your kids changing a bit. Yep, uh, the quarantines were... I mean, uh, heartbreaking to see the quarantines for the high school kids. There would be kids who would be quarantined for two weeks. They'd come back for a day or two. They'd be quarantined again. Um, And so I'd have 15-year-old, 16-year-old kids in my house crying because they were missing swim meets and, uh, you know, AP calculus exams that they were falling behind in. And uh, again, adults didn't really seem to be that bothered by that. And uh, But the kids didn't know their whole future was crumbling in front of them. And so um, that that was concerning. I see moms coming to the school board, Tina seeing the same thing. Uh, But what we're seeing with these groups is that they're losing their momentum, right? The districts are really shutting them down. Um, They felt uh, they felt hopeless oftentimes and they were seeing their kids were hurting and they didn't have anywhere to put them. Right. There was nowhere else for their kids to go to school. And so um, I had made the decision to not run for school board again. I found it very limiting at times. And and I felt like I could maybe do more in a different capacity, but Moms for Liberty had not been born yet. 
And um, Tina had run for school board again and lost. Um, and I give her a lot of cre credit for having been willing to give another four years. And we just both looked at each other and Tina said, we've got to do something here. Um, you know, and, and so we said, let's create something that moms can really get behind because what we had seen was the collective voice of unions and other special interest groups was very, very powerful. But parents did not have a voice. And we knew that those groups who come out in mass, right, that have their voice heard, they make a change at the local level. And they influence decisions that school boards make. And parents just didn't have a seat at the table. And so we just decided we were going to, um, we weren't going to wait for someone to pull up a chair for us. We were going to bring our own chairs. And we were going to help every mom in America to do the same thing. And um, that's what we're doing now. We have uh, <laughs> um, almost 150 chapters in 32 states. Actually, I think it's 152 now in, 30, in 32 states. Um, wow. Uh, yeah, growing almost 70,000 members um, and uh, just saw huge wins on Tuesday in school board races across the country where uh, our members have supported uh, people that um, have kids are putting kids first and, and listening to parents. Um, and uh, we're, we're seeing the change happen. It's pretty awesome. It's, it, it is indeed awesome. And I got to tell you, your energy is off the charts awesome. I mean, seriously, I could tell that you have so much positive energy behind you and what you're seeing right now. So tell me, like, what have you seen in some of these school board races? Um, specifically, do you have any examples of, of, of victories that you would consider victories um, that you're seeing unfold in front of you? Because obviously I could read it in your face that you're excited. Yeah, we're really excited. It was really nice. I mean, you know, everybody's talking about Glenn Youngkin and everything. And yeah. we were, we're really happy for Virginia. And we're so happy to see Lieutenant Governor Winston Sears. And um, I mean, what a diverse group of people that were elected. And we're celebrating that because that truly is a representation of what America is meant to be. Um, and so we're happy to see that mo being modeled for our kids. But I'm, I'm pulling this up because I will tell you, um, mm -hmm. In Roanoke, Virginia, there were two candidates elected. They had two candidates on the board already, or people on the board already that were putting parents first. So we hope to see a change in the balance of power there. Um, in Spotsylvania, two more school board members elected. Mom, one was a mom who was who ran last time, was cyberbullied, had to pull her kids out of school because a teacher had targeted her kids. She ran again and she won. That might make me the happiest of all of them. <laughs> Um, Franklin wow. County, Pennsylvania, five candidates elected, uh, changed the balance of power in Shawnee County, uh, Kansas. There were two seats open. Two were won by uh, parental rights candidates um, who ousted incumbents. Um, Harris County, Texas, uh, in the Cypress Fairbanks Independent, Independent School District, three seats were open. Uh, those three seats had incumbents in them for over 20 years apiece. These wow. people don't just run for office. They firmly cement themselves in there. Um, so we got them out too. Um, and and uh, let me just see. And there's a, a couple also in Harris County, uh, Texas, five out of nine seats uh, were taken by uh, parent right candidates uh, with runoff, schedule, runoff scheduled for four more of the seats. Mm -hmm. um, and then in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, 33 seats, eight out of 13 school districts in Bucks County now have a majority of school board members that value parents' rights. So there is, we are just getting started. Uh, there are 3,000 counties in the United States of America. We hope to have a Moms for Liberty chapter in every single one. And then uh, we're not going anywhere. Um, I've heard us dismissed as a masking group. You know, we believe if you want to mask your kid, mask your kid. You do you, 
but the parents should have the choice, it should mm-hmm. be the sole discretion. You know, we've heard we're anti this, anti that. No, we're pro parents and we're pro kids. And uh, parents are the many, and we're going to take back our power. Well, and you and you you mentioned something that's as very as a highly sensitive topic, which is the masking of the kids, right? Um, there's studies upon studies that show the direct negative health effects that breathing in your own recycled carbon dioxide, all that stuff we, we know all day long. And the fact that these masks are being touched, they're not being cleaned in, in many cases. So it really put, you know, there's obvious negative health ramifications to children, but there's also, you made a good point earlier, psychological effects. I mean, I noticed it with my kids. I have a 17 year old who's a senior who has not been, I mean, other than her sophomore year being cut short, that's been it. It's been ever since then, it's been virtual. And we, we actually kept her virtual and we pulled out our two other kids and we're homeschooling them just simply because in Michigan, where we reside, they are mandated to have them on all day long. The only time you, you have to leave the room to take a sip of water out of a cup, you can't even drink water in your classroom. That's how that's how draconian these measures are there, right? So you talk about these psychological effects. What what type of psychological effects have you seen um, in your position? Just in all the conversations you've had with all these moms and great parents across the country, um, what types of things have you seen in kids that we parents should be aware of and help them with? Yeah, the kids are not all right. I mean, I, I continue to say this. I think you saw it down in Louisiana, a lot of violence yeah. in the school district. We're seeing violence across districts. We're seeing a hypersexualization of the kids or a sexualization of the kids at a younger age. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, the kids are depressed and they're anxious. And, you know, parents have seen all kinds of things from masking, from um, eating disorders um, springing up, um, uh, liking to wear the mask now. There have been, you know, the idea that covering your face is a good thing because you don't, you know, you might have pimples or, you know, so you're hiding behind the mask, which is in, in and of itself an issue. We've seen um, speech regression. We've seen all kinds of things. I mean, the, the, the subclinical harms of masking go on and on and on. And I think, you know, parents are done being lied to. The American Academy of Pediatrics came out and said at one point that it wasn't that important for babies to see their mom's faces, that the masks weren't that big of a deal. And immediately I just said to moms, okay, that's a lie. We all know that's a lie. Your baby needs to see your face. It's so, I mean, that's your- Who would ever even believe that? Honestly, I mean, I don't care who told me that. That is not, that's, it goes against every grain of common sense that should be embedded in us, right? That doesn't, that doesn't resonate at all. Well, and I think it, what, what the parents are saying is, you know, you're, you're doing your job at home, raising your children, and then you're sending your kids to school and you're being undermined at every turn, yeah. right? And, and I think parents are done with that. They're tired of that. You tell your child, you're raising your child as a girl or a boy, they go into kindergarten or first grade, and all of yeah. a sudden they get to pick their gender on the gender bread chart. I mean, you know, I've raised my child as a boy or a girl. I'm comfortable with that as a mom. I don't need someone giving them an idea that somehow I've been lying to them about their, their biological sex. Right. So that I, I, and I say that to you to take you from, you know, here we have masks and here we have like, maybe you're not a boy or a girl. And maybe all the ideas that your parents have taught you so far in your life aren't really the right thing, right? Because you can trust us, you can trust school. And so you ask why are parents fired up around the country? Why has Moms for Liberty been so successful? It's because we believe that parents are the expert of their own children and we trust them to make good decisions for their children 
Are there people that don't always make good decisions for their kids? Yes, there are. And there are laws that are in place to try to protect children when they are in dangerous situations. But I believe that the majority of American parents want to see their children to be successful. And I think more parents in America's classrooms is going to improve the educational outcomes that we are seeing. Um, certainly not having parents in classrooms has not been working, so. Yeah, well, what's, what's extremely ironical is that all the indoctrination over the decades has all kind of flown under the radar, right? And, and, and in their effort to be these draconian efforts to lock us down is actually what made parents realize watching their kids on Zoom or the masking, which has actually woken them up. So it's, it's a backfire of epic proportions. I call it COVID lemonade. Yeah. When I was growing <laughs> I like up, my that. mom, yeah, my mom always told us, you know, life's going to hand you lemons, no doubt, and it's going to be your choice as to what you're going to do with that. And I'm actually, we're just launching a podcast tomorrow. It's called the Joyful Warrior Podcast because we are joyful warriors uh, for our children. And I talk a little bit about COVID lemonade because we're going to find our way through all of this, this pandemic, and everything this country has been through, and we are going to survive, and we are going to make America um, a wonderful place place to educate your children and we're going to do it together well there's not i mean and this is the country where you can not only survive but thrive and right. it's designed that way and that's what they're really seems like they're really trying to take away or you know i've always had a problem with why are you trying to fit these kids in this box why are you trying to tell them that if they don't know math yet well they get a d and they're not smart well no they just haven't mastered that yet so sometimes people need a little longer sometimes they need a different maybe perspective, which it seems like it's pretty just very templated now. They don't, there's no wiggle room. I don't see teachers being able to express their, maybe they have a way of trying to communicate to a kid that, 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 or teach them a way of mathematics, let's say that isn't common core. It just seems like to Mike's point, this indoctrination is so deep and it's in so many levels that I, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to call it Stockholm syndrome, but maybe it is. Maybe it's just all right. Well, they know what they're doing, so I'm not going to get involved. And parents, I think, got a little bit. I don't know if it's lazy or just didn't didn't have the didn't think that they needed to be a part of their kids' education. But it's obviously really clear that they need mom and dad. They need mom and dad's advocacy to make sure that they're learning the right way, that they're they're having a good experience, that they're able to express themselves right outside of that box. Absolutely. And I think that in schools in general, they have just taken on more and more and more. And mm -hmm. whether parents, you know, I, I'll be honest with you, you know, even as, as even myself, a really involved mom, the more the school does, right, then the more that it's, it's so easy to allow the school to do it. And the schools right. are just taking on more and more and more. So have parents abdicated their responsibility outright? Has it been this slow creeping, right, where the temperature of the, the pot has just kept getting hotter and hotter? Right. But the parents are the frog in there and they're like, oh, no, no. It's a little, we're not <laughs> thrilled right now, right, about what's going on. And so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it, we're in a time right now, it's very interesting, I'll share with you. Um, a lot of people question what we're doing because they will say, well, the public education system is broken. 
and it can't be fixed. It needs to be broken apart completely. And I recognize and understand that perspective. And certainly when you see things like what has happened with the Department of Justice and uh, the, the notice that went out uh, by Merrick Garland, and that was a moment where one of our moms, Keisha King, um, was at, a, a, at an event and she said, you know, it's time for a mass exodus. It may be time for us to take kids out. And people said, well, I thought you fight for public education reform. We do. We want to help to fix public education. And it's our children that are in there. So we have a vested interest in fixing it. And it's the country that we, our children and our grandchildren will inherit. So who else should be doing it but us? But if you need to take your child out of school, because it's what's best for you and your family, you know, we're moms for liberty, not moms for conformity. You have to do what's right for you and your family. And so we respect the right of parents to make good decisions for their kids. Um, and that's going to play out in a lot of different ways. But, you know, there are a lot of people that say, you know, you're, you're helping a, a, a failing system or a broken system by trying to uh, reform it. What I say to them is, um, if you've ever spent time in a classroom, um, you get to see that public education can be a beautiful thing. Yep. And it can unfold the full potential of a child. And for many children, it's the only time in their lives where they are getting something really positive. And we owe it to them um, as a country to make sure that we're bringing out the best in them. So to your point about you know, children learning and what they're good at, if there's nothing else we did in this country before third grade, up mm -hmm. to third grade, including, let's teach the kids to read. Yep. Let's teach them to read. If there was nothing else, I don't care if you teach them anything else, let's teach the kids to read. That's where moms are now. Like, let's, let's really look at what have we been doing? How is the teacher training going, right? Do the teachers have the tools they need to reach the kids where they are in the yeah. classroom, right? Because that's something we really focus on at Moms for Liberty. We try to reach our members where they are. Um, a lot of our members have not, you know, there are, there are members who have never voted before, who've never been involved in local politics, who didn't recognize and understand what role they were supposed to be playing in our country. Um, but they do now. And um, much, like, much like they're finding their voice in all of these elections, they're also finding their voice in their kids' education again. Um, and that's good, but that's gonna take everyone in America. So the focus needs to be put back on reading and reading instruction. That's really where we see that the biggest change needs to be made in public school. Um, and I hope to be able to, we, we all hope, all the moms and dads across the country, I think hope to be able to make that happen. Well, um... Uh, that's that's absolutely awesome. And, you know, with all of the scrutiny that people are falling under right now, you see people, you know, parents, uh, moms and dads alike challenging school boards. And now you have many of them being labeled as what do they call it? Domestic terrorists. Right. So there's obviously a major pushback, which is insanity. Right. It's, oh absolutely my gosh. Insanity. it's so funny to me. Like when that and then someone said, oh, you should like make a T-shirt. And it says I said, no, I reject that completely. Yeah. I am not a domestic terrorist. That is ridiculous. I am yep. a married mother of four. Um, I've served in elected office. I am not a criminal um, and I refuse to be labeled as such. I would agree. I don't know. Mama bears can be pretty mean sometimes. Listen, you know, uh, and, and, and that's the thing. I mean, yesterday, Merrick, they missed the deadline. The DOJ missed the deadline that had been given to them. Um, the, it was very interesting to me. There was a group of, of leadership that, that said to Merrick Garland, you know, we'd like to know what was the basis for that DOJ letter besides the NSBA, the National School Board Association mm -hmm. asked. And because Merrick Garland said when he was testifying that there was more. 
right? That it wasn't just the letter. And so he was asked for that information. And wouldn't you know that yesterday was the deadline for that? And I'd have to look right now to see if it's been, um, if he, there was anything provided, but um, I think it was all nonsense. I think it was really an effort to intimidate parents, to chill public input at school board meetings. And to be honest, I think it was an effort to interfere with the election that we saw on Tuesday. Um, and I think they need to be held accountable for that. And I don't think that parents are going to stop trying to hold them accountable for it. No, and, I, I, and it's, it's, it's great to see parents stand up with that courage, um, even though the, you know, these crazy people on the left um, are, are literally trying to undermine that every step of the way. I mean, that's a great, that's something I'm interested in learning about you. What gives you the confidence and resolve, knowing all this, knowing how much they're pushing back on us and everybody, especially people that are doing great things like you're doing, what gives you the confidence and resolve to press forward? Because I know it's what's best for children in our country, because I've seen children forced to shoulder the burden of uh, adults' fear and selfishness for the past almost two years. They told us 15 days, and then they took two years of our kids' lives, and um, they're not going to take any more. Um, and uh, I'll do everything I can to stop it. And so, you know, very early on, I looked at my husband and, and all of the women that we work with, and I, I we just said, okay, well, this is what it is. They're going to want to label us as domestic terrorists. Uh, you know, we, you don't think you're going to have to have a conversation with your husband. Like, so, babe, what do I do if like the FBI comes knocking? Like, I we had that conversation. What do I say? I don't, you know, what 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 do you? That conversation happened, and 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 um, I think it was Cornyn that asked Merrick Garland, like, did you give? thought, did you think about how it would feel to parents, would it, that it, how intimidating it would be for the Department of Justice to do something like that? And Garland kept saying, well, that wasn't the intention, blah, blah, blah. And he said, no, answer the question. You're a very smart man, right? Did you give any thought to that? And so again, the, it's carelessness. And um, I think maybe the ridiculousness of it you know, has helped to just kind of collectively push us forward, but there's strength in numbers. So, right. you know, if I, if I'm, if, if they send me to jail, I, I would imagine there'll be a few moms across the country that are going to be worried about that. No, it's a typical day now for you, right? Pick up kids from school, go shopping, FBI interrogation. Yeah, stuff. just like yeah. just work that in. Sure. <laughs> well, and it's unbelievable. Parents should never, ever feel that way when they're trying to defend their rights as a parent to be involved in their kids' lives, no matter what it is, right? Education, health, you name it. That's our responsibility, not some government entity, right? Um, so you obviously, um, I know we're, we're uh, pressing against our time and I greatly respect that. And, uh, um, and one of the last questions I had for you was just, there's obviously a lot of concerned parents right now who are, might be afraid to speak up, right? Might be afraid to get involved in their children's children's education or to stand up to a school board. What advice do you have for them as they are trying to muster up the confidence to do something in their own right? Find your people, find the parents in your community. You can join a Moms for Liberty chapter if you have one near you. You can go to our website, it's uh, momsforliberty.org. You can check to see if you have a chapter. If there's not a chapter near you, you can um, click uh, to, to start a chapter and begin that process. Um, and uh, see what that entails. Um, if you can find other parents groups around you, this is going to take all of us. And um, I believe that everyone can find a, a group of people that they can stand with to fight for our country. Um, and we're gonna take our country back. 
Um, and uh, we're going to stop letting people rob our children of their innocence um, and protect childhood, right? And parents are going to have to be the ones to do that. So I just encourage people, it's easier to stand with others than to stand alone. It's a lot harder for a school district to attack you if you're with others and not alone. So there is that strength. So I encourage them to do that. And then I just also say to parents, um, trust yourself, right? These are your children and you know what's best for them, not some expert, not the American Academy of Pediatrics or Fauci or somebody sitting in the CDC. You know what's best for your child. Trust yourself. And we've got your back. Well, um, we, we can't thank you enough for being on. You're, you're an absolute warrior. <laughs> it's awesome to see it. You're an absolute warrior. It's awesome to see you're inspiring. I already know you're not only inspiring people right now, but you're going to continue to do that with your efforts and your organization. Um, All of that contact information is going to be in the description for everyone listening right now. But I would encourage everybody to go to Moms for Liberty's website to check out what they're doing, to get involved, maybe even start your own chapter, because this, this is at our doorstep right now. And we owe it To your point, Tiffany, we owe it to our kids to do everything we possibly can to leave them a great America. And right now that's under attack and they're trying to undermine that. And again, I I, I can't thank you enough for being on and I just can't give you enough credit for what it is you and your organization and your people are doing right now to inspire not only moms, but I think you're inspiring fathers, grandparents, you're inspiring a lot of people that can see what it is that's actually happening. So Kudos to you and what you're doing. If there's anything that we can do to help continue to support your efforts, we're glad to help. And um, just God bless you. And and God bless all those out there listening right now. And as always, God bless America. Uh, Until next time, be safe and well.